0: The time is 1234. Let's go to Craig Warmbold for community comment here on 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge.
1: And our uh, guests on today's program Are in to talk about the uh, referendum That uh, voters in the Horicon School District Will be seeing It's an operational referendum On the April ballot In the studio here with us Is the Director of Student Learning And Special Education, Katie Schwartz Katie, thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having us Superintendent Rich Apple Also in the studio with us Rich, good to see you
2: Good to see you too, Craig
1: So the uh, the question I'll go ahead and just kick things off With the, uh, the reading of the question here uh, Shall the school district of Horicon Dodge County, Wisconsin be authorized to exceed the revenue limit specified in section 121.91 of Wisconsin statutes by $800,000 per year for five years beginning in the 2023-2024 school year and ending with the 2027-2028 school year for non-recurring purposes consisting of operational and maintenance expenses. Sometimes I like to read these because sometimes I like to Find out in advance: Is it a confusing worded referendum? Is it, uh, is it pretty? It seems pretty cut and dry, but um, but we want to hear about it in your words. What does this uh, What does this mean, guys? Explain the yeah. referendum in plain English, if you would.
2: Well, I, I do appreciate it. Um, what this means in plain English is that um, we're asking our our community and our taxpayers to allow us to exceed what we are capped at for our revenue limit. By the state by this eight hundred thousand dollars and it's for five years so that um, at the end of that five years can go back to the voters and people can then decide maybe there's things going to be changed with our funding formula maybe things are going to be changed within our our overall expenses or different things however um what that allows us to do is to be able to put some dollars in towards our operations that are just desperately needed this year, um, Horicon is operating with a $400,000 deficit budget for the 22 and 23 school year. It's due to um, state funding not staying pace with inflationary costs and expenses um, for the 2021 and 21-22 and this most current year, 22-23 school years. Um, we've had a flat revenue increase since that time. Um, The dollars that we received only included the ESSER dollars, the COVID-related dollars that we received from the federal government through the state, and that has not kept pace with what we've had to do with the increases we've had in Horicon and the um, increased expenses that have gone on with that too, just the inflationary expenses. 920-885-4446
1: is that phone number if you've got a question or a comment for our guests here from the Horicon School District. Not the only way to to interact with you guys, though. You have a number of informational sessions. In fact, as I understand it, Rich, in a couple days you've got a uh, sit-down and have a a coffee with the superintendent kind of thing happening.
2: Yeah, I do this um, uh, about every other month in our school. And I hold it at our school, um, 8.30 in the morning. We have coffee and some refreshments. I have some students that come in and do a talk about their programs. This week we've got FBLA and some kindergarten authors that are coming in to read. But I'm also, I always have something with a school presentation. And so this week on Thursday is uh, the budget talk. And so last month we had 22 of our uh, community members come on in and I'm hoping that this week we even can double that. That would be fantastic.
1: Excellent. What do people need to know sometimes going getting into a school you know with security and things like that if somebody wanted to go on on Thursday what do they need to keep in mind?
2: Uh, They can come to our district office entrance or our high school office entrance. The meeting is going to be in the Board of Education room um, right adjacent to the district office and they can come in in there and they'll be buzzed in by our secretaries and Escorted right to that room, so no problem.
1: Excellent. I understand there's a uh, informational meeting on uh, on Friday as well?
2: We have, um, <clears throat> I have events that I go to. Last Friday night, I had a table at uh, the American Legion um, for the Friday night fish fry. Had folks kind of come through and, and can ask questions or just have a casual conversation about it. Um, this Friday, I'm going to be having a table and information um, at our regional basketball game oh. in in Horicon that we're hosting on Friday night. Um, beyond that, I've gone up to the city public library that we've had information meetings, and I've I'll continue to have um, places at our school where we'll have meetings both after school and during the day.
1: Excellent, and uh, and, and details on those informational meetings and this very referendum we're talking about, uh, I assume, would be on uh, your your district website. Yes it is. Okay, very good. Uh, which is one of those Horicon.wi, what, I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but yeah. I feel like <clears> I could <throat> almost...
2: If they do a Google search for Horicon School District, <laughs> it's going to come up. There, there you <laughs> go.
1: Uh, so let's dig into this then. Um, uh, you know, you kind of laid the groundwork, but I, I want to elaborate on on uh, some of these things were, were, uh, that you guys are facing in the uh, the Horicon School District. Uh, first, maybe clarifying uh, historically where this uh, this fits in. Um, it uh, it wasn't too long ago I want to say four or five years ago that uh, Horicon saw a uh, a different type of referendum
2: Yeah, we um, we went through a construction um, Capital increase that we built a new elementary school. We remodeled the high school and um, Updated our whole campus to be one campus. It's been a major impact for us <clears throat> Both as a school district and as a community. It was for twenty six and a half million dollars For a 20-year loan excuse me and um we've had with that we've we opened our buildings in 2020 and have had um fantastic results with that um our enrollment has gone up a hundred students in this short time um but with that that was just the first step then we did another capital project where we did the fundraising that was last time i was in here to talk to you and we, um, we built a new um, athletic complex and sword field and the Horicon Athletic Complex with a new track and football field and stadium. Uh, that was just at $4 million. Uh, the majority of that was fundraised and donated <clears throat> from people in our community. And then we also utilized the sale of our Van Brunt building for $1.6 million um, that was sold and turned into apartments there. So we used a lot of those dollars to also... Um, Put into that project and into additional projects within the school so we've really tried to maintain and and build up the the structural piece of our school Um, but anytime you have that kind of enrollment and that kind of a growth that comes into your community that that also comes at a cost as well Um, so we've had to hire um, many different staffing we've had um, four teachers that we've had to hire Um, we've had um, maintenance custodians we've had to hire increase we've had to hire in our food service department um, our paras um, who work with our students um, in so many of our different programs we've had to increase that and the the reason that we're having to go to to exceed those revenue caps is that we are we're capped at a certain amount of money that we can receive per student per state Um, and so In Horicon, we've traditionally been a very conservative, very low-spending district. And so we, per student, our revenue limit is at $10,005 in Horicon. If you go across the board, we're very similar. Beaver Dam is at $10,026, all the way across to the Houstisford, which is $10,781 per student. The state average is just shy of 11000 at $10,900. So as you can see, we're not created equally in the revenue as it comes into each school district from uh, the state. So if you were, say, at $11,000 that you receive per student, you're receiving a much larger um, revenue pool coming in from the state than what we are at ten thousand and five. And 10000 is the bare bones. That's the least amount that the state has. It um, That's low, the low floor, so to speak, um, what you can have for minimum for revenue limits. So Horicon is right at that. With all of the increases in costs that have come in, we go back to, if I could take you back to 2008 and 2009, this was um, when revenue limits were adjusted with inflation all the way up through 2008. So every time that there was CPI or inflation, whatever those costs increase were, the state would increase revenue to schools that would equate to that. But in 2008, that changed. And those funding adjustments have not kept pace with inflation. So as you go through from 2008 all the way up to currently today, if if the state revenue would have maintained pace with what um, inflationary costs were, we'd be sitting at an increase of $3,234 per student, which if that was the case, we have 872 students now, um, for, for our, within our schools for our head count, we'd be, that'd be an increase of two thousand two million eight hundred twenty thousand $2,820,000, um, per year. So I, that's a major difference in not what I mean by not keeping pace with what things cost, because as everybody knows, their bills in their homes have gone up um, every year. And this year, this past year, wow, we've all seen it from our commodities that we buy to our electricity, to fuel, to everything. And we at the school feel that same hurt as um, those expenses continue to go up. But it's like you're not getting a raise. We didn't get increased dollars coming into us, or the dollars that were said that they were going to come to us, we're not able to spend on schools. They go in the form of tax relief back to our community, and that's that's where I think that it's it's been really really challenging for us. And we're not alone. Um, Wapawn had to go to this, um, and they passed theirs. Um, I, out of the whole statewide, I believe we're we're sitting at 82 that have passed in, um, excuse me, 92 have passed referendums to exceed revenue limits. Um, just last year, there were 42 that um, went forward to pass and were successful. So we, we've we tried to stay not having to do this. Horkons never had to go to this. But um, with the increase in costs and not having the revenue to come in, I'm, I'm doing... Just a financial disservice to our community and to our school district if, if we can't fund this and and raise those revenues to be able to provide that quality school that I think everyone expects and enjoys here in Horicon.
1: So, if I understand correctly, um, you're saying that um, if the uh, amount of state aid um, from the state hadn't changed around oh eight oh nine, the Horicon School District would have had um, 2.2 million dollars more over the past 15 years or so than it wound up having.
2: No, that would have been for this year,
1: just for this year, just for
2: this year. If because we would have had an increase in cost per student. Yeah. And so with with us not staying pace with the inflationary increases, um, it's impacted all schools. That's why out of there's a map that we have here that shows. We are a very, very small minority of schools that have not had to go to operational referendum.
1: Mm-hmm. So you mentioned earlier um, 100 school, uh, I'm sorry, 100 students um, are, well, there's 100 students more basically in the school district than there had been before the referendum in 2018, the facilities referendum, before the, the fundraising that led to the enhancements on the campus. Um, how does that place historically? Kind of a two-part question here. Is that is that uh, is it traditional to see a hundred students uh, increase from from year to year? And what exactly do you attribute that to? Are you are you saying that you're attributing that to the success of the facilities referendum? Is it uh, you know is are more people moving into the city and they kind of uh, have to go to this school even though there's open enrollment and everything? Do they are they light? So what what are you saying is the driving force behind that?
2: I think it's twofold. I think that there's several things. There's some real excitement that's going on in Horicon with our city um, and with our school. And the success of one enhances the other. And so with us getting the school campus redone, it is really a beautiful facility and it's it's a great environment to educate kids in. Um, with that now, we've had increased housing. We're putting up 80, 80 different units that are going up in city view that you may have heard of in Horicon. And so with that, we'll bring more families, more students. So that's going to bring more. Um, We have a project that we're working with the city that's property right next to Van Brunt that we are looking to develop so that somebody can come in and build more homes. Um, It could hold up to 10 to 12 homes there. So there's a lot of excitement that's going on with that. But there's also things it's more than just this physical structure i think there's a a re-excitement of of what's happening in our school buildings um our staff have been just amazing the things that we did during covid when it was so very difficult for everybody um, i couldn't be more proud of our staff and how they worked through those things to make sure that no matter what they provided opportunities for our kids in a very positive experience and so with that carries over into the kind of people we have up in front of kids. And I think that word of mouth is the best thing that happens when, you know, families come to your school district, but it it is increased because of so many things. And I think uh, a lot of that is attributed to the programs and the people that we have in front of them. And that's why I also really believe in this asking for these increased dollars, because it's operational costs. It's I still got a roof that needs to be repaired that's leaking. With the monsoon we had yesterday, hmm. we had all sorts of leaky roofs that were going on in the existing older part of the high school that did not get completed with the referendum. We have so many other things that we are still short of. We don't have a middle school counselor, for example, the school counselor that we'd like to. There's so many things with mental health that we'd like to be able to provide for kids. And, and so there's things that we still need to provide for kids to make it um that kind of a special place and and reach all of our kids but the excitement that's gone on with those increase in numbers and those families that have moved in here um i think is only going to grow more and so by not taking care of us financially i think we're setting ourselves up for a a bad cliff and and maybe katie can talk a little bit more about some of the things that are happening in those classrooms that from curriculum changes to to other operation things that we do to make things really special for our kids
1: Katie, uh, uh, you, uh, your title for those just joining us, you're the director of student learning and special education. Uh, um, shed some light on this, uh, as as far as what Rich is, is is stating here.
0: We have always provided exceptional quality programs for all of our students. Um, But as times change, we also need to change some of our strategies and some of the resources and programs that we're using as well. Uh, Over the course of the last three years, we have increased, as Mr. Apple said, not only uh, the number of teachers and support staff that we've had, but we've also improved some of the resources that that we've had to use. Uh, For example, last year we updated our elementary math program, uh, as well as our sixth through twelfth grade English language arts program. None of those are cheap. Each of those uh, costs at least about $30,000 to update. Um, This year we're looking at updating our middle school and high school math resources and texts. Um, Other updates is just the cost of doing business. We know we need to continually be working through our textbook adoptions and updated resources as the state changes standards for us as well. Um, this year we were, we were exceptionally grateful to work with uh, Marshfield Medical Center with the addition of a community health worker, the first in Dodge County to put in the, in the building, uh, connect students and families with mental health resources, other resources that they might need to take care of themselves, remove barriers for that care, and streamline their support. But that is also something that we know we need to continually keep offering and build into the program and the pro- programming that we offer in the building. Uh, we are really looking at updating career and technical education resources, um, as we know the the jobs that our students are are going into the workforce and entering re- have specific requirements for skills, and we want to make sure that we're ke- keeping up with those necessary changes in programming that they need. Um, we need to continue providing resources to support social and emotional learning for all of our students. Um, The pandemic has impacted all of us, but those needs for social and emotional learning support continue and um, with increased students comes increased demand. And so um, just as much as we've increased by 100 students over the course of the last three years, we anticipate that that will continue to grow and we continue to need to meet the needs of those students as well.
1: Let's take a look here uh, before we go to the break at, um, at, at run through some of the numbers if we can. Uh, So um, from a, uh, I guess from a mill rate perspective, uh, what are we looking at here um, if if the referendum passes versus if the referendum fails as far as what uh, voters in the Horicon School District are going to see on their tax bills.
2: Sure. Currently, our mill rate is at um, $8.94, uh, $8.94 per thousand. Um, <clears throat> so what would happen if we pass the $800,000 referendum? Our mill rate would drop um, to eight point five four, So it would actually go down $0.40 cents, um, if we pass it. If we did not pass it, we're going to be down um, somewhere in the seven, around seven dollars per thousand. So, is there a, a cost? Yeah, there is, um, to be able to do this. However, if the the damage that can happen if we don't is that we are going to be looking at a deficit budget that is going to take our our finances in such a situation that we would have to be short-term borrowing just to make um, operational expenses, to pay off operational expenses of salaries or or heat or electrical bills and things of that nature. So um, with that, it would be um, an increase. What we had said when we went to referendum in 2018 that the voters voted on is that they would Support up to $11.00 for as a mill rate $11.00 per thousand and we have not the closest that um, our very first year in 2018-19 we were at 1097 and since that time we've not come close to 11 um, being down into the eights right now so um, The reason that we were able to do that because many people have asked How come we were able to how that impact would go down this? past year, we paid off debt on a defeasance um, through, um, through a defeasance process where we levied for $875,000 to pay off debt, that, existing debt that we had gotten from the 2018 referendum. That's debt that's not going to go away. However, we were able to pay it down. Um, and to do that, that did keep our mill rate to be at a um, the year before it was 922 so to levy for eight hundred and seventy five thousand dollars our mill rate went from 922 in 2021 22 down to 894 in 2223 and so um, the reason we did that was to maintain that level mill rate while still taking care of obligations of paying off debt we could not borrow that money to go towards operational costs, it could only go to pay off existing debt, <clears throat> and so by only borrowing or levying eight hundred thousand instead of eight seventy-five, we would initially or in actually be taking dollars that went towards debt and moving them into operational costs. In a simplified version of that.
1: Okay. Um, Our guest is the superintendent of the Horicon School District, Rich Apple, here alongside the Director of Student Learning and Special Education, Katie Schwartz, talking about a referendum question that's going to appear on the ballots for voters in the Horicon School District seeking to exceed the revenue limits for operational expenses Uh, for a five-year period, $800,000 per year. We do have to take a break. Uh, We will return here in just a few minutes on Community Comment.
0: This is 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. Let's go back to Craig Warmbold with more community comment.
1: And our guests with the Horicon School District Superintendent, Rich Apple, Director of Student Learning and Special Education, Katie Schwartz, in to talk about the uh, referendum uh, that's appearing on the ballots of Horicon School District voters, April Ooh, what is I I started into April 4th. that April fourth. April fourth. I should know that it's very it's marked on my calendar yes. in big red letters. That's a big day here around the uh, the radio station. Mm-hmm. April fourth ballot uh, that is seeking to exceed uh, their revenue limits by eight hundred thousand uh, dollars each year over a five year period. So uh, so we're going to start this segment off by uh, by looking at kind of the two big uh, things. What, what will you get for your money and what will you lose if you don't get the money? So let's start with uh, what will you get for, uh, for this $800,000 if approved by voters on April 4th.
0: Yes. So the the biggest thing we need to do is look at. We've reviewed our data, and we know that there are some staff needs that we have in order to meet the needs of our students. One of the first is that we know we need math interventionists. Currently, we actually don't have any of those, and the math interventionists will des- definitely help our students to make up uh, gaps that they have in their math learning. We also know that our students have some significant uh, mental health supports that they need. We currently do not have an additional counselor at the middle school level uh, so we would like to spread um, spread out some counselor support to meet the needs of the middle school students and and throughout the district We also can anticipate that if enrollment continues to increase, that we are likely to need additional classroom teachers. Uh, Next year, we'll be offering four-year-old kindergarten, for example, and we know we have additional needs through offering that on a full-time, full-day basis. Um, We also know we have some additional school psychologist needs, so we're hoping to improve the support that our school psychologists can support by about 50%.
1: So, uh, uh, so just a follow up question with that. If there is an increase in uh, funding, one would assume then that you're going to get an increase in uh, per student aid as uh, as part of that.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, we we certainly hope for increased funding, um, and with without increased funding, we know that some of this operational referendum is going to meet the needs of what we ex- have existing that our existing costs need support. If additional state funding is provided, we will be able to go deeper into these needs to make sure that they're met. Um, we we have additional lists and we have a, a prioritized list of needs. And uh, the more the state is able to support us in that area, the more we're going to meet the needs of more kids. Okay.
1: Uh, so, then, uh, so then let's take a look at the uh, the opposite end of the spectrum there and, uh, and talk about, uh, the the impact if the April 4th referendum were to fail what uh, what would that look like
2: well there'd be no increase in any of this staff the staffing needs that we have um, programs are going to have to be looked at there's going to be have to be a larger class sizes I will not have have to or have the opportunity to be able to to hire increased um, students last year we had to go to three sections of kindergarten because um, we were going to be in the upper mid-20s to high tw- or above 25 kindergarten students. And anybody who's ever taught, if you can only imagine having 25 five-year-old kids all in your classroom, um, that's, that's not good for the kids, and it's definitely not good for the staff. So um, to be able to keep, especially at those early years, those kindergarten through third-grade years, to be able to keep those class sizes down um, into those low 20s, um, is really critical. And so that would have to be looked at. Um, anything to do with um, within the building and the facilities, um, just a few things that we're looking at is when we did the referendum 2018, we were able to do a lot of the new roof for our high school um, that was from built in 1964. However, there was a large section that was not included in that. So um, we're looking to be able to Repair some of those items the yesterday with the monsoon that came through here We found where those needs are in the roof as we had multiple leaky situations down into the hallways Um, The desks when we've increased a hundred students You got to have the increase in desks to be able to provide for those so we built flexible rooms to go into our school Um, additional rooms that when we fill and have increased enrollment that we would be filling those rooms next year we will be filling the all of our rooms so um, we're in need of buying a hundred desks and chairs to be able to put those students bodies into those Um, we are looking at curriculum updates and I'll let Katie maybe talk about that a little bit more these things just aren't going to be able to fit into our budget if we um, don't have the increased dollars um, are there things that are going to have to be, be cut? Yes, but the bigger concern that I have is that it's going to be forcing our, our overall budget into a deficit spiral that I would be very concerned about that we are not going to, by policy, we're to, to maintain a 18% fund balance in our um, account so that we, can, we get four payments from the state throughout the year. WE NEED TO BE ABLE TO MAKE THOSE PAYMENTS LAST DURING THOSE, TO COVER ALL YOUR EXPENSES UNTIL THE NEXT TAX um, REVENUE COMES INTO YOU. SO WITH THAT SAID, IF WE DON'T MAINTAIN 18% IN OUR FUND BALANCE, THEN WE'RE GOING TO BE SHORT TO BE ABLE TO COVER OUR EXPENSES UNTIL THE NEXT CHECK COMES IN, AND WE WILL HAVE TO DEAL WITH um, um, HAVING TO SHORT-TERM BORROW FROM someplace. AND WE ALL KNOW WHERE INTEREST RATES ARE RIGHT NOW, HAVING TO COVER THAT.
1: Uh, the um, the impact of, of special education and the costs that are associated with that, what does that look like in the Horicon School District?
0: Well, it's similar to where it looks all over the state, and it costs more to educate students with special education needs. We are provided with federal and additional state funding uh, that does support the special education costs. Currently, we're at about 27-28% of our total costs are covered by federal and state funding. By law, we're required to m- cover the cost of those needs regardless of where the funding is coming from. So as a result, what we end up needing to do is what's called an interfund transfer to borrow well to take from our general fund and transfer that money over to the special education costs. We're anticipating just this year alone, the additional Interfund transfer will be about one million additional dollars to cover the costs of all of our special education needs. Um, that without increased state funding in that area, that will always continue to come from our general fund to cover the costs of those needs.
1: And what is the general fund looking like in the Horicon School District? You got a number on that? Um,
0: Our overall budget is um,
2: just shy of $13 million. Um, Right now, we're receiving about 27% reimbursement from the state and federal government to offset our costs for special education when in 1980, in comparison, the um, state of Wisconsin funded special education costs at 66%. So it's steadily gone down where we've had an increase in special education needs, but less reimbursement from the state. So those two, you have to make sure that you're covering all expenses in special education, which is called Fund 27, So we have to transfer out of our general fund, which covers um, salaries, it covers um, student programs, it covers anything else expense-wise that goes into. um, You have to pull from those dollars at a million, it's a million and six that we have projected this year to be able to cover, to make sure that you are um, transferring and and covering all of your special education costs.
1: And and the the general fund budget uh, $13 Thirteen million dollars for your overall budget. Overall budget, yes. Um, uh, the um, the impact of uh, special education—a topic I imagine you've uh, you've shared with uh, state legislators. What, yes. What kind of uh, what did these conversations look like? Uh, are we, you know? Give us some insight.
2: Um, you know, we're we're fortunate. We have Mark Born as a, a chair of the Joint Finance Committee, um, and he's just up the road here. We have I've good conversations with Mark on a regular basis. In fact, this Friday, we as area superintendents, um, we meet once a month starting in starting last January that through the budget process to meet with our legislators in the area <clears throat> to talk um, where we're at with education issues. They ask questions of us. We provide information to them. It's a very uh, professional dialogue going back and forth. Um, we have um, we try to express our needs as to why we feel that there should be increase in funding. Um, sometimes it's re- received well, um, but they, they get asked a lot of questions out there from a lot of different groups. We understand that. However, we feel that there's nothing more important and critical than funding our future. And supporting public education, we believe, is, well, in my career of 30, 37 years now, is there's nothing more important. Than making sure that our kids have the opportunities and are provided the tools um, to be able to build our future. Um, I feel we're in such great hands. I know that I know a lot of people don't get the opportunity to spend every day in a school like I've had um, and, and Katie and our teachers do. Uh, we have amazing young men and women and I'm very confident in our future. Um, do they do things differently than we did when I was in the 80s? Um, oh yeah, but I did things different in the 80s than my parents did in the 50s. So this generational change is happening and it should be changing. But our kids are are amazing amazing and I think that they're going to continue to do great things, but my job is to make sure that I provide those opportunities and those resources to make sure that it happens. And that's why that's why we're here today. That's why I'm looking at this operational referendum. It's I'd much rather be doing something else, candidly, than having to go to my taxpayers once again to say, can you help us? Um, I've gone to our legislators, and I've said, can you help us? And um, I'm meeting again. Mark will be coming out to the school. Um, I've invited him there. He's, you know, cordially agreed to come to our office and meet with us. Um, any of my legislators, I've invited them to come and spend a day. Just don't come for an hour. Come and spend a day and really see what's taking place in our schools because we have amazing teachers, we have amazing kids, and they're doing some great things every single day. So um, the dialogue will continue to go. We'll be passionate about why we feel that we need these increases in dollars, and hopefully the state will see that. And um, I know that there's a large surplus down there, um, we've had that discussion with them as well, um, and we're hoping that they will see it within them to uh, support the schools and, and help fund us in a
1: different way. Oh, what if the state does give you a little bit more money here in this next two-year budget?
2: Oh, there's, there's so many things, and we have a list of things that we have. We have a wish list, we have a want list. Um, we've never been at a surplus where we've been able to, we thought that we were going to with COVID, honestly, when COVID came through and the COVID dollars came through and we were going to be receiving, um, 800 some thousand dollars to, to, um, do additional projects and do things for our, our school district. Um, we really thought we were going to have some dollars that we could do some extra things with. Unfortunately, we were told by the legislators that that's all you're getting. We didn't give, that's why we didn't get any increased dollars from the state. It was flatlined. And so Um, those dollars didn't come to us other than the COVID ESSER dollars that we received. And we had to use those for hiring, for expenses that were not intended to do with those COVID. Those dollars were intended to be for learning loss, to be able to help our our schools, both um, with air exchanges, with different things. And I don't think that those dollars always went to that. Unfortunately, Uh,
1: we hear about um, uh, smaller school districts uh, uh, benefiting from sparsity aid. Um, What does the sparsity aid situation look like in the Horicon School
0: District? We don't get it.
1: Oh,
0: okay. We we have enough students uh, per per mile uh, that doesn't qualify us for the sparsity aid. Um, and it doesn't look like, un- unless the thresholds for that are changed, we're not likely to get sparsity aid in the foreseeable future. With
2: the big marsh there, and, and uh, it, there's not a lot of places that people can build, so we're very landlocked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and with uh, being surrounded by all our area school districts, um, we just don't have that sparsity. Mm-hmm. So that's not an increase that would benefit
1: us at all. Why is it important to have a, well, a well-performing school district in your community? Well, if we think about
2: where we're at within just our, our community, the kind of impact that it will have there, um, let's look at um, property values, how that helps. If you own a home, look at what's happened in, that's related to your school district people want to live in your school district your property value goes up when they want to do that when they want to be a part of something that is growing Um, when we see some of the things of programs that we provide in our community we don't have a ymca in horicon the horicon school district we are the ymca we run the city rec program we um, lease the van brunt gym back to us so we have a a pickleball league that runs in there in the morning. We have our youth um, city rec programs that are run, and and they fall under my domain. And with I work with the the YMCA and our city rec director to do those things. We open our facilities at 5:30 in the morning and till 7:30 in the morning every morning, and 5:30 at night till 7:30 at night every night free of charge to our community to come in, work out, walk the halls during the wintertime, and we have our citizens come in and do that. Um, And we should. This is a community school. So how does it impact? Uh, I think it it just makes for a greater community to be able to have those experiences and that pride to be able to raise your family in and uh, to live in.
1: The Last time we uh, we had you here was to talk about uh, the the fundraising efforts that were going toward that uh, New Horicon School District athletic complex that was uh, was recently built. Uh, any of the dollars that are uh, approved as part of this referendum, should it be approved on April fourth, uh, would that be would any of those dollars go toward that uh, that complex?
2: Such a minor impact with that. We um, we raised it was a four million dollar project. We raised um, three million dollars of that. The district um, did a short-term borrow to finish the project, but that will be extended over 20 years. It's a, it's a minimal amount that we're having to pay for that, um, and that expense. But the majority, no, this has nothing to do with the athletic complex. Why we're going to any kind of operating expenses? Um, it's because, as we said, there's just expenses have gone up. We've had growth. Our student population has gone up, but the state only counts. they take a three year average mm. for your your enrollment. So just you don't get dollar for dollar for dollar per student. So let's say we got ten thousand and five dollars per student. If we went up 100 students, it's going to take three years to be able to get to that average. So every three years the average will go up but it's not a dollar for dollar. So that's just part of the funding formula that goes into it. So we are, we're not caught up completely with this increase in enrollment where we're getting the full revenue for those students.
1: What do you typically see in terms of, enro- when you don't have 100 students uh, uh, sign on in a year, what is your average otherwise?
2: Um, we're conservatively, our enrollment has increased every year since 2020. Um, and so that's that's a good thing for us. We're estimating between 10 and 15 per student. That's a that's a good year.
1: What what do your open enrollment numbers look like, uh, generally speaking over the years? I don't know if that's information you brought with yeah, you or not. Yeah,
2: I, I do have it. Um, we had um, when we first started our open enrollment numbers here uh, several years ago. Our numbers were in a um, in 2021. We had 100 students coming in for open enrollment and 191 students going out. Mm. Now, um, for this next year's data that we have for, or currently what we have, we have 117 students um, coming in um, with 190 going out. But if we go back all the way to 2020, we were at 65 students coming in and 177 going out. So our students coming into to us has doubled. And our students that have, are going out, um, they're holding fast. So, And with much of our students that have opened and rolled out, um, it's our top three classes. It's a senior class that has never attended there. There's 26 students, candidly, that are out. That were seniors that have never attended school in Horicon, that will fall off the rolls next year. So our enrollment will have a 26 student impact there, um, compared to in um, four or kindergarten, where there's only 12 students that are open enrolled.
0: And some of those numbers represent students attending open enrollment through uh, virtual programs, mm-hmm. and that that little bits of those have gone up since the pandemic. Um, we we offered virtual programming um, throughout the pandemic, but now uh, as those t- students transfer out, I, I do think we're going to see those numbers drop off and our open enrollment in will continue to grow. Well, you
1: know, maybe not related to the referendum, what does virtual learning look like in 2023 in the Horicon School District? And when you have to take that snow day, maybe are you guys going to a virtual learning day or anything?
2: No, we have not. We... Uh... We we built into our calendar. It's it's all by the minutes that you have to have for the state. So we build in um, increased minutes, knowing that we live in Wisconsin and that there's going to be um, some days that we will likely have to um, cancel. So we have not had to go to um, virtual days. It is a it's a challenge. I know it's. Um, for some schools, they've, they've got a little different uh, technology format that they're able to do some things with it. We have not had to go there and not planning to at this time.
1: Our guests are with the uh, the Horicon School District and talking about the operational referendum appearing on the April fourth ballot. Uh, remind our listeners again when uh, there are opportunities to speak directly with you. Can call. You got this is your last chance nine two zero eight eight five forty four forty six. But if uh, if folks wanted to sit down face to face, maybe see some of these numbers. I know you got a couple events coming up.
2: Um, we have one this Thursday morning at eight thirty. Come to the school district office. Um, we're having it in the boardroom. We're having a little coffee with myself. And we'll talk budget, and we'll also get some programs. Then on Friday, I'll be um, at the uh, regional basketball game, Go Marshman. We uh, host our um, regional ball game on Friday night. Um, And so I'll have a table set up out in the commons area there. A few other dates that we've got. There's one going to be in um, March 20th that we're going to have back at the school. 30th. Um, on the 30th, excuse me, March 30th. But if anybody has any questions and they want to just come in and see me one-on-one, I've had multiple people that I've done that with. I just want the information to be out there. Apathy kills us. So if people don't think that it's it's a big election and there's not as many people going there and that it uh, it's not, I don't necessarily have to go vote, um, I think that that will hurt those kinds of things. So Um, I'm just hoping that people will take the time to vote and know the facts and know the information. And if they have questions about the information that they still need to have answered, um, I will make myself available to answer those.
1: Katie Schwartz is the Director of Student Learning and Special Education. Uh, Katie, what would you like our listeners to take away from this conversation today?
0: I think it's important to remember that our schools are the hub of our community and we do exceptional work with the students that we have our, our staff are amazing our students are amazing and it costs money to provide exceptional programming and so I really think that I, I want the listeners to know that we believe in our staff and our students um, and we need some support we need some support in the area of, of funding to make sure that we can continue to offer the exceptional programs that we are offering currently
1: Rich Ample is the superintendent of the Horicon School District. Rich, wrap it all up for us. What do you want our listeners to take away from this conversation?
2: You know, through uh, my conversations that I've had with some folks, I had one Friday night with an elderly gentleman, and he asked me some questions about this, and, and uh, I was explaining to him just like we were having this discussion here. And he says to me, when I, and I said, and here's, you're probably wondering what kind of impact it's going to have on your taxes. And he looks at me and he goes there's nothing about my taxes that i wouldn't pay towards kids and he said somebody paid it forward for me when i was in school i'll do the same for these kids and that that touched me um he's uh he's he really was passionate about and he doesn't he he told me i don't have any kids in the school i don't have any grandchildren in the school right now but i feel strongly enough that i would support this and um, I still told him how much it would impact his taxes because I wanted to know. But um, to have those kinds of things and to have those that feeling about our kids and our community um, is just so, so very important. Um, I agree with Katie, it is the hub of our community. And in Horicon, being a Marshman really stands for something, that pride that's out there, um, how people feel about their school means a lot. And, and I'm just hoping that they feel strongly enough about it to continue to support that and get out to vote on April 4th.
1: And uh, you can go to the uh, Horicon School District website, find out more information about the 2023 Operational Referendum. Uh, you'll find a link to Frequently Asked Questions and more. The dates of any upcoming listening sessions, uh, including stuff going on this uh, this Thursday and Friday. Maybe have coffee with the Super. And how much do you charge for the coffee? Uh,
2: it's, I'm, I'm buying it. I'll, right. I'll cover that. <laughs> Fair so. enough.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank you guys very much for joining me on the program today. Once again, Rich Apple is the Superintendent of the Horicon School District and Katie Schwartz is the Director of student learning and special education. That is going to do it for today's community comment.